Hey guys, and welcome to episode 253 of Built on Passion. I'm your host, Matt Delabuono, and today we have on Zero DB founder, Gary LeBlanc. Zero DB makes a plant-based, science-backed, CBD-free functional beverage that actively helps you relax and quiet your mind. We've all been in a situation where we've been so tired, so run down, that we end up reaching for an energy drink or an extra cup of coffee. Well, what if you had the same option for when you're feeling overly stressed, a little overwhelmed? That's the question that Gary and a team of scientists from NeuroThorex have been asking, and more importantly, have answered. After studying central nervous system-related genetic pathways linked to anxiety, they tested combination after combination of plant extracts to finally find the perfect combination that will help you center your mind and bring you back to your baseline. Beyond pioneering an experiential beverage, Zero DB has taken a huge leap in opening up the functional beverage space for something other than just energy drinks and other stimulants. What's even more fascinating is that this isn't just a holistic approach, this is carefully tested science at its best. In this episode of Built on Passion, Gary LeBlanc digs into the science behind what Zero DB really is, his why behind creating such a unique beverage, and his philosophy on the importance of making space. I had a ton of fun recording this episode. It might be a little apparent because we spent a solid 10 minutes or so in the beginning going over some pretty philosophical ideas. So if that's not your thing and you want to just get right into the meat and potatoes of the episode, just skip right ahead to a little after 13 minutes in. But you're definitely going to be missing some gems. Just saying. Without further ado, I give you Zero DB founder, Gary LeBlanc. Just, just in case we, uh, I don't want to miss any like gems or whatever. Yeah, but... just in case we say something semi-intelligent. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, I got to check. Honestly, this out. the buzz. They play the. I'm an indie guy, so I like indie music. Um, you know, alternative indie, whatever. And the buzz, they played the best music, and <laughs> I forget his name. They had this guy in the morning. I forget his name, but uh, power something power. But he is. Honestly, he he's so funny. He has that kind of dark, sarcastic, but not rude kind of wit. And it's it's beautiful. Instead of these radio announcers who just laugh at each other's dumb jokes, he's like solo and it's just great. You'll dig it. Yeah. I mean, I, you said all the right things. That's like right up my alley. Yeah. Cool, man. Man, I love that. I'm um, going to crack open a zero DB. This is not going to be an infomercial, but I am honestly thirsty. No, that's that's hundred percent fine. I I'm like I feel like I'm surrounded by drinks every time I uh I do one yeah. of these. Yeah. yeah. You know I dig it. I dig your um I dig your Yeti too. Yeah. Everybody, everybody loves a a caricaturized Sasquatch. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you can't get a you know you you can't be angry at a Sasquatch. Yeah. I don't know if a Yeti's a Sasquatch, but they're pretty close. They're at least they're at least cousins, but like first cousins. <laughs> they're first cousins for sure. And then you think of where where does the Bigfoot come into play? I was I was <laughs> I wanted to write a uh, like a children's book about our Yeti just like finding all like the Sasquatch Bigfoot and and Missing what them. held you back? <laughs> Nothing. I have I have words so, on paper. Uh, yeah. Things things are in motion. Oh you yeah. You know what? It's cool when you look at Doctor Seuss books. If you can teach philosophy at a four-year-old or five-year-old level, then you're truly a master. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I have this book, actually, kid book, but it's not a kid book. It's called The Missing Piece Meets the Big O. Oh, yeah. Shel Silverstein. That's classic. Oh, okay. So you've read it. I, I haven't read that, but I know Shel Silverstein. Yeah. I grew up on Shel, uh, like, falling up, um, light in the attic. Super cool. It's like, yeah. Anyway, I dig, uh, I dig people being able to get a point across extremely efficiently. Like, it's pretty cool when somebody is that effective with both visual imagery and a few choice words. Um, yeah, super talent. That's, I think that's, I mean, what there's a, I don't know where this quote comes from, but uh, brevity is the soul of wit, you know, where like, oh, yeah. it, it's, um, I think that. it's, I guess a testament to communication, you know? Yeah. Well, it has to be right. Like if, if you had an infinite amount of words, you could describe anything and it's only a few people who are really that effective with writing. And um, yeah, I really do envy that. And in this day and age, honestly, I don't know what the solution is. For cutting through all the all the crap these days um you really gotta set yourself apart you know i mean i man we're we're getting we're getting into it we're going I, I this is like the ah i love starting off like this i'm excited you got me fired up i'm i'm a very optimistic person oh, nice. to the point where maybe too optimistic but I, I think we're coming around i think we're coming around from the sense of marketing and nutrition and all the things that are like you know pretty important that the last few decades kind of went overboard Mm -hmm. I feel like we push to this point where people are starting to be like, nah, like this is all bullshit. And we can communicate with each other to know that X is bullshit. So you'll look at a company. I mean, I'm talking for this. It can be applied to a lot of different things for the case of uh, marketing or advertising, that kind of stuff. You know, when, when we say noise, social media, I think people are, there's, there's enough of the curtain peeled back where people know when there's like over the top. But there's there's still at least the beginnings of that where like things are coming around, you know, people are consuming differently and and caring about health, caring about, you know, buying too much crap that they don't need. Consumerism. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So a couple of couple of builds on that. Okay. One, why are you so optimistic? Is it just because you're observing a shift? So it sounded like that would be one. I think the reason I'm optimistic is because I'm lucky enough to have conversations like these where I can talk to people making things, doing things with a reason. Right. Um, okay. And, and like, I, I, we, we go into deep enough places where it's like, Oh, like this is a moment you saw this didn't exist. There's, there's usually some kind of social or uh, environmental piece attributed to like in the case of zero DB it's a uh, mental a mental health thing. So there's usually this is something that I wanted. It didn't exist. So I'll make it granted. Like I'm looking at a small sample size. I, I know there's more out there that I'm not seeing. Like I, I know I'm, I'm lucky enough to get a glimpse of uh, I'm seeing through thing, maybe things through rose tinted uh, lenses a bit. Sure. Sure. But yeah, it, it's your relative experience. So it is what it is. Um, you know, uh, it's funny you mentioned optimism because I wouldn't, it's actually, it's quite interesting that I asked three of my friends how they would describe me in five different descriptors today. And it's because me and my girlfriend had this, had this little, uh, not a contest, but we were just kind of saying, well, what if we asked our three closest friends, five descriptors of each of us, and we shared that just so we could truly get a sense of who we are for fun, right? And um, an optimistic wasn't one of them. <laughs> that came back for me 
Um, there were a lot of great descriptors, but optimistic was never one. And I would, I would probably say that I lean to a kind of pessimism, cynicism, not far, but just, you know, left of center, if left is pessimism. Um, and I envy guys like you um, who are optimistic. And again, I do have faith that everything's going to turn out, but it is a very shaky foundation still. Like I read a lot of stoicism and philosophy and, and really um, my end in mind. So what drives me, what my kind of direct line into my soul would be, would be character's fate. It's a quote by Heraclitus. It's, he was a pre, a pre-Socratic philosopher and character is fate. So it's truly character is your guardian angel. And I've always had a hard time believing that things are going to turn out. So hence back to your point of optimism. And I'm not a, I'm not a religious guy. My parents are Catholic. I'm French Canadian, but I always had very little to cling on to that would make me feel like things are going to be all right, you know? And character's fate cleared it all up for me. So character's fate, character's your guardian angel means the only thing you have to worry about is how you show up in life, how you show up in your relationships, how you show up for yourself. And if you curate that and you treat that as, as your soul and the only thing you have to worry about, then everything else is going to happen exactly as it should. Um, so that's what that's that's what I've doubled down on, Matt. <laughs> and um, that's what fuels my optimism, if you want to call it that. You don't seem like a pessimistic person. No. But you do come in with a smile. You know, we're, we're conversing super easily. So it, it's almost like that. Um, I, I feel like the perfect way of saying it is healthy dose of skepticism. Yeah. And it, sh- it goes to show you that, you know, optimism, pessimism, it doesn't necessarily mean sad, bad vibes. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Actually, that's a good qualification. You know, we're so, we're so bad with our language <laughs> these days. There's so much nuance in words. Pessimism means, means so many, like so many different things. So I'm, I, yeah, that's a great point. Um, internally, I'm a, I'm a harsh self-critic, um, too self-deprecating, but with others, I'm extremely optimistic about them getting through things and them figuring it out. So I'm actually, um, my goal is to share pure positivity with everybody and, and to somehow, when I breathe in, you know, the, the, the suffering that you've been dealing with or the self-doubt, yada, 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 that, that's what I'm trying to transmute into a more positive narrative inside. Um, yeah, anyway, that's, that's getting kind of deep. No, no, that's, this is the, the place I, I like to, this is my, where I prefer to operate. You're making me think that I might be defining myself not super accurately. My optimism derives mostly in this. I say this with like a gigantic grain of salt, but a healthy dose of nihilism kind of added to a <laughs> yeah, lot of things yeah. Yeah, where it's yeah. like, you know, like, it, especially, you know, the, it's been a rocky few years. Yeah. Um, just kind of understanding that, you know, through destruction comes creation, things like that. Yeah. To me, like there's no way humanity can as a whole can get to such a dark place where we couldn't climb out of it. I think that, you know, even in the face of the greatest tragedy, the underdogs will at least band together and kind of mm-hmm. uh, climb out. without getting too specific. Cause I feel like there's a lot of different yeah. ways. Like, I don't know where, what the future holds anything like that, but yeah. I guess optimistic in that sense. Yeah, that's fair. 
optimistic to an outcome. Yeah. You said it's been a rocky three years. Do you mean globally or do you mean that you've been going through a lot of changes in three years? I've been going through good changes, luckily. Pr- happy about that. But I, I mean like globally, especially like okay. I'm, I've am i been in America for the past few years. So we've been going through some crazy shit all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically, probably four years and four months ago, things started getting a little shifty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a stark jumping off point. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's fair enough. You see headline articles and be like, man, I, I honestly can't believe this is happening. And then it just keeps on going in different, I know. different sources, different. And you're in the epicenter, like you're in Vermont, you know, like you're in Burlington, you're in, um, you're in a, a very, uh, solid, you know, let's band with our community. Let's help our fellow man. Let's be positive. Like, so when you get such a such an environment of divisiveness, regardless of which side you, you lean, you know, it, it's it's funny you mention that. It does dovetail somewhat into our tagline, quiet the noise. Um, you know, there's a few words that uh, have really begun to um, to mean something to me. And space is a word we, we have it on the inside of our six pack, but it's how when you quiet the noise, you create space. And it's a beautiful thing to create space. And I'll explain really briefly. And it, it, you know, it's a segue from your point, you know, you have all this noise and what's happened is we have this kind of divisiveness, especially in the U S right now. And there's no space. There's no space for conversation, especially during COVID. So you have two people who don't create any space for any possibility besides what's in their mind. That's a very hard place to work from, right? So what I try to do, and it's super hard because, look, one of my golden rules is to not judge, but that is super hard to do. You know, the difference between perspective and judgment is hair thin, right? So when I meet people, I try to constantly remind myself, Gary, just create space, just create space for other possibilities and don't go in with an agenda. And I find that's probably what's causing most of the tension in the States right now. There's no space. There's no space for any dialogue. Everybody's already entrenched. I also find myself being like that, trying not to judge, right? And mm-hmm. having to remind yourself because it's it's a, a knee-jerk thing. I don't think the judgment piece is the bad part of it. It's the not compartmentalizing it that becomes dangerous, mm-hmm. not even inherently bad or good, just mm-hmm. dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um this is that's a great segue because I I can keep on going and that's kind of I'm like I'm forcing myself off of it. Good. I, we, I guess we can just jump right into it. Gary, thank you for for joining me today. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, it's great. I, I I love what you're doing. Love your brand. So I was looking forward to it. I've had enough of a layup to kind of read up on zero DB and see Sweet. what you guys are about. The thing that I keep on coming back to is I haven't really come across anything specifically like it. It's like. There's supplemental drinks that exist for, I mean, like a, an energy drink is a, is a good example yeah. of that. And this is the yin to the energy drinks yang. I hear what you're saying. I know where that comes from. When we look at, you know, really what you mentioned, we actually have a skew that has energizing extracts. So we actually have a skew and people get really confused by it. So our tagline is quite the noise right? We're a drink that helps people modulate anxiety. We're made by science. So this is hard science by three brilliant PhDs 
our pharma partners, NTX. And it's basically where life meets engineering. So we've looked at, okay, what does this optimal way to modulate anxiety look like? And then we reverse engineered that with plants, with holistic, full spectrum, organic plants. So to your point, you know, we've put a lot of what's truly valuable and necessary in helping people quiet the noise, right? But then we wanted to give people this with different occasions. And we actually pair energy with that. And people get confused. They're like, how can you pair energy with, with an anti-anxiety drink, which is what they call it? And I said, well, it's two, it's, it's two different things. Quieting the noise doesn't mean you're sedating yourself. Quieting the noise means you're giving space. You're giving space for yourself to breathe. And maybe with that space, you're going to need a little boost. So maybe you're going to need some organic yerba mate and garan and some B vitamins to get going. Or maybe you're just whacked and you just need to have the original and just take a take a moment to pause. So to your point, um, you know, the whole energy drink craze, that was really the first foray into functional and, and things have evolved. So I'd like to think we're the evolution of that. It's the the hinge that really opens up the space. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For for the listener who, um, before we 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 keep on yeah, going. Dovetail. <laughs> yeah. For the listener who is unfamiliar with zero DB, is it zero DB or zero decibels? What? Well, zero DB is the brand um, and it stands for zero decibels and zero decibel is, I won't get into the engineering of it, but decibel is a logarithmic scale. And all you have to understand from that is zero actually means one in a logarithmic scale. So zero decibels literally means your reference point for peace. It's kind of that that level of volume that say you're on a lake, no wind, peaceful, just the hum, the resonance of the earth's frequency. That would be zero decibels. So that's what we aspire to achieve. What does zero dB slash zero decibels do? I guess the best place to start really briefly, and I'll, I'll keep this succinct, is there are receptors in certain neural pathways. And these receptors and specific neural pathways um, communicate with um, certain proteins, enzymes in your body to do different things. And for anxiety, a lot of these anxiety disorders go through the same pathway. And science has found, well, our partners have found after studying for 30 years, so each of them has 30 years experience in genetics, they've been studying these pathways and they've realized that there's a certain compound in plants called cannabinoids. Now, cannabinoids are in over 100 plants, but people associate them with cannabis for obvious reasons. THC is a cannabinoid, CBD is a cannabinoid, but there are literally over 100 cannabinoids and they all work very differently. So our PhDs actually created this super cannabinoid And by reverse engineering this, we were able to find plants in nature, holistic extracts, and bring those together to help modulate, to help control that response in that pathway to bring you back to your homeostasis. So to bring you back to a place where you're at peace. So people who need it feel it a lot. It's not a sedative. So if you're already chill, if you're already not really vibing at this crazy level, it's just going to be a great beverage. But if you really need it, you're going to feel it instantly. And the beauty with our pharma partners is they actually have patented platforms where they can measure the activity of these 
enzymes, proteins in the body, they can measure this activity to see the efficacy. And we have all that. So it's truly made by science. And people find that it just helps them um, find a good two to three hours to take a pause. And it, it is in still in that realm of, I guess, a, how, what would you call it? A supplemental beverage? Uh, yeah, you'd call it a functional beverage. So energy drinks were really the where the functional beverage world began. And now you have all these other things. You have kombucha, which is purported to help your gut biome. But really, and again, I'll be honest, you feel an energy drink, even though it might not be good for you. Some are decent, like coffee is an energy drink. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, but there are a lot of ways, right? I love coffee, but there are a lot of ways that you can get energy. Coffee actually blocks the receptors that adenosine binds to, so it, it prevents you from getting drowsy. Um, B vitamins actually give you energy because you might be deficient. So that's why you're kind of at a low level. So there's a lot of ways to go about this. Um, since energy drinks, there really hasn't been anything that you would drink and feel you're not drinking kombucha and feel anything. You're just not like something might be happening. I have apple cider vinegar. I wrote a book called find your superhuman, which is on all of these things. So, you know, I, I do spend a bit of time looking at this, but not till energy drinks has a drink um, really made you feel anything in my opinion. Um, so I believe zero DB is the first beverage that truly makes you feel something. That's not just an energy beverage. That is a crazy idea in and of itself. It is a beverage that goes beyond just health. It's It alters your state of being to a degree. Yeah, it, it brings you back to where you're most effective, a place where you don't have this cacophony of noise in your head. And it truly is, you know, it's metaphorical when I speak about it, but we have, we, we have a joke where we have earphones and you know, noise canceling earphones quiet out the external noise, zero dB quiets the internal noise. Like it, it right? It truly does. And, and you just have to try it for yourself. It, it's really, it's so impactful for some people. Like it, it's almost emotional for some people because a lot of people are dealing with anxiety right now. Look at COVID. It's a shit show right now. Everybody has an underlying sense of anxiety, which becomes the new normal right? So instead of you vibing at a two, you're always vibing at a four and then you might hit an eight or something, but you know, that is doing damage all the time. The problem isn't that we get stressed once in a while. The promise is that we're stressed all the time at a low level. And that's what we got to address. I know we both can go down this for forever, but it, and <laughs> yeah. it, it seems like this kind of thing, this idea of, you know, this is in the food and beverage world still like it, it, it's mm -hmm. still that kind of thing, but it's, it's a look at what the future of society is kind of like how society as a whole, like a global society is progressing, how we look at work, how we, the, the stresses mm -hmm. that come into everyday life, a lot of the, the technology that kind of boosts our connectivity, all this stuff for how our society functions. Maybe it does make a little bit more sense that we are adding in a specific functional beverage, mm -hmm. a more, a, even a wider spectrum of functional beverages yeah. to, I guess, keep up with the way society is developed. That's a great, that's a great point. And yes, we could probably talk about that for an hour, literally a quick metaphor and I'll be succinct from here on in Matt, <laughs> a quick metaphor is look at food companies, food companies spend about 33 to 35 billion, the last time I checked stats on advertising to children. Okay. So think of that. So think of that 
um, you know, as the analogy of stress. And now you have parents who have to offset this $35 billion of advertising. So parents have to offset that. So to your point, we have this new world. And again, we've created, and I'm going to say a lot of things that are my opinion, but the environment we've created, and I'm all about engineering my environment. My background's engineering, so I call what I do life engineering. But the environment that we've created was not born of things that are serving us from a fulfillment and a soul-enriching level. The environment that we've created was an environment based on our new technological culture, our new abilities, driven by an EPROM, driven by an internal program that didn't have any of that. 50,000 years ago. Our brains haven't effectively changed in 50,000 years. However, culturally and technologically, everything has changed. Yet the primal forces of fear, which stokes ego, all of that has created this environment slowly. And you mentioned earlier about this new level of consciousness. That's a very optimistic viewpoint because yes, we are becoming more conscious from a, a reasoning perspective, from a prefrontal cortex perspective. Yet all of the signals that come to us are still those primal signals that are pushing us to be greedy, pushing us to look at the world as scarcity and that we need more and that we want to be reviled. And, you know, all these things we're fighting. So, you know, again, <laughs> that, that, uh, that was me being succinct, but we really do have a job, Matt. We have a job to be ultra, 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 ultra aware of who we are and how we're showing up. Because it's a lot of work. Hand in hand with, you know, what we were saying a moment ago about um, judging people mm -hmm. and knowing better to say, I don't want to do this thing. It's kind of happening and creating the space. It all comes back to creating the space, yeah. creating the perfect metaphor and understanding for what I guess you're trying to do. Exactly. You mentioned your engineer. How did you come to start zero DB? <laughs> well, that is uh, that's too long an answer. <laughs> so what I'll do is I'll, I'll break it down into phases. The first phase was my childhood, uh, which was tricky. And, you know, I stuttered, I had big ears. And so I grew up with this chip on my shoulders. So, you know, I was going to be the best and the smartest, right? So, you know, my dad was an engineering and electricity when he was young. So that's what I'm going to do. So I go into that, I start working for Kraft Foods. And I was an engineer for, well, I worked for Kraft Foods for over a dozen years. I think it was 17 years. And um, anyway, moved up, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I, I was actually a plant manager of a cookie plant. I started up Lifesavers in Canada. Then I got recruited by Bacardi and I was vice president of Bacardi in my 30s. And again, engineers go to managing operations um, if you get on the business side. I did my MBA when I was in my late 20s. So th that's my, call it my um, corporate career, uh, very conventional um, career. And then I had a friend who passed away of lymphoma in my mid-30s. And that was kind of the inflection point. So I had got offered to run France um, and Grey Goose for Bacardi. Um, so I that was in my mid thirties and, and, uh, and my friend was dying of cancer and it was kind of the straw that brought the camels back and I stayed, I turned it down. And that was kind of the, the flare that I, I shot saying to myself, you know, um, things are going to be different now. Like I've decided I'm not going to move for money and not going to move for career and that family and friends, 
is really what it's all about for me. And I, you know, I, I'm lucky to have incredible friends. A friend of mine was CEO of a big car company and he's extremely, extremely pragmatic. And he had this system where he said, well, break down these eight priorities and do a before and after. How are they being affected? And my top five were going down, but my career was skyrocketing, but it was like number six. It's what I said was number six, but it was having an impact like it was number one. So I had a divergence of values. I'm like, this is who I think I want to be, but this is who I am. And, and that's when I, and this has been an eight-year journey of me peeling back the onion on truly who I am, because you can't lie about how you feel. You can lie to yourself. You can say a lot of things to yourself, but you can't lie about how you feel about something. And when you're honest with yourself and you really digest those feelings, that's when you get truth. So for me, when I turn that down, a friend of mine, just again, the universe kind of delivers things because you know you change how you behave and who you speak to and what you're open to. And I started writing a book. So I wrote a book called Akuma Evolution of Vitality. And that was after me and my partner said, you know what, let's start a company. He was in supplements. I had a beverage background. I was writing a book on life engineering. And yeah, we jumped in. And to make a long story short, well, it's a long story already. Um, I've written two books. The last book was Find Your Superhuman. We started a drink brand. We licensed it. We lost everything back in 2014 because the licensor got out of functional drinks. We started a supplement. We lost everything because our sales and marketing partner went bankrupt, started a, a mental health software and got that going for two years. And then it was just the long lead cycle and bootstrapping. And then when the CBD conversation started and cannabis started becoming legal, I just started kind of poking around and seeing, well, you know what? We have two drink formulas that might lend themselves to this. And then we met these beautiful scientists, Armin and the guys at NTX, and they had a non-cannabis solution that we could reverse engineer that would be way better than CBD. And yeah, Bob's your uncle. Like, uh, now we're here. That's <laughs> what a shit show. Yeah, man. <laughs> How many lives did you live already? Oh, that's crazy. Dude, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes it feels like a lot. Yeah, it. That's. I'm actually speechless. I'm gonna have to go back and edit this part because I'm just like, huh. That's <laughs> you know, you you, and it seems like such an interesting sidewinding way to kind of land where you are. That touches on like, yeah. you know, layers upon you know, talk about peeling back layers of yourself. There's two founders? Well, so me and my partner, Brian, founded Ikuma, which is my company. And then Brian kind of went his way and I continued. And essentially, um, so I'm the CEO and the founder. And then we partnered with a pharma company. So without getting into technical details, the pharma company became my biggest partner. So yeah. And, and the CEO of the pharma company is, well, they're all beautiful guys. Like they're, they're the coolest cats, man. The first time we met, we talked about the effects of psilocybin on the, on certain neural pathways. We, we talked about that for two hours without even talking business. Like we just get along so well. That's been like waves happening the past few months. Like really like yeah. it, 
There's a lot. For where zero, zero DB operates, I don't know if you've, you've already started uh, looking into it, but it seems like that is kind of in that same realm. Yeah, of kind of optimizing brain states. Um, yeah. If the question is, am I bullish on some of these organic compounds that we're finally able to study, I'm extremely bullish. Oh, yeah. I'm extremely, extremely bullish because I believe society's evolved with these. Well, we know they have because we have an enzyme that breaks down psilocybin. Um, so we have actually built in mechanisms such that that's not poisonous to us. So it shows that we have evolved these defenses because we were exposed to it. And I believe indigenous cultures, you know, if you look at the Blackfoot tribe in Alberta, they still operate, and this is in the, the book Transcendence, they still operate very much like the old societies did. And you know what? There are rites of passage. You know how, how the adolescent boys would go through this and they would have all these ceremonies. And when you look at peyote and all these things, indigenous cultures, I believe, evolved with all of these things. And I think there is an opportunity for us to better understand them. And I think what's happening right now is there's a certain point in your life where a critical amount of struggle calibrates you for a new phase. And I think at 15, 16, 17, we've kind of eliminated that struggle. And I believe a lot of these cultures created this moment where they would put someone in a very uncomfortable state and have to create the step change in consciousness. And I know we're dovetailing, but I truly do believe um, there are opportunities going forward with these. Luckily, the realm of where we're, we're operating all kind of comes back to the the why, why, mm -hmm. why you you went for it. Yeah, there's there's no rite of passage and there's no distinct like this is the benchmark for this next step of life. It's hard to progress, understand, you know, your place in the world when you are just at it. Getting back to the whole pairing it with zero dB, how it's supposed to function and how society has developed creating these gaps and, you know, these opportunities of stress, constant stress. In a perfect world, we wouldn't need the beverages, but what the beverages do is, and we have a whole curriculum, Matt. You know, we have a course called Unmasking Your Character. We have a video library being developed. We have an avatar where you're going to see the pillars of character, the pillars of meaning in your life. It's kind of like those, those video game basketball avatars. We have that coming out. So what I want to double down on is creating this whole environment, this whole ecosystem of ways to help you better understand why you feel how you feel, be able to have that conversation with yourself. And to start to your point, seeing life a bit more optimistically, letting go a bit more, um, relying on character and how you treat yourself and other people. If we can create that pause for people and the tools for people to do that work, that's the goal. It, it truly is. That's what I really get jazzed um, about doing. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, this opens things up way more. This really isn't just a drink. It, when you say a system or it, it's, it's yeah. more of, I guess, a, an accessible baseline therapy in some ways. Again, I use engineering metaphors. Dangerous, dangerous terminology. Yeah. 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 No, no. But I understand what you're saying. Like I look at it like static and dynamic friction. Okay. Static friction it takes a higher force to get something moving and a lesser force to keep it moving, right? So our drinks are like that catalyst to get you moving. So yeah, I love it. I love the drinks. I love how we put them together. Zero douchebaggery is our joke around here, zero DB. And 
that is really getting you going. And then we have to keep you going. So I want to constantly trickle, trickle more content, more opportunities for you guys to evolve. Um, and evolve is the word, not be better, just evolve to something where you're a bit happier. It's very clear that you have a, a pretty hardcore research team actually coming up with the formulation for this yeah. beverage. I, I'd imagine there's so much education involved in getting people to understand what's your, yeah. like, what has that been like? Has, has it been tough? I mean, it sounds like you have this entire ecosystem beyond the drink itself to make sense of what it is, yeah. which is great. Yeah. It, it, we're at the front end of this, Matt. So that's exactly the point. Um, actually, we started talking about this. The first thing we said when I called you today, it's we're impressed by people who say a lot with very few words. And, and that, is, that is really the challenge. Like the challenge is how do you, how do you lay those breadcrumbs to take people on a journey in this world that has so much noise in it. Like it really is ironic that the thing we're trying to solve is the thing that's preventing us from getting to you to solve it. So really it's about consistency. You know, it's about me taking the time to really distill this into something that's going to connect. Like I'm so close to this. Like <laughs> I keep on using the dumbest examples, <laughs> but but there was this, um, there was this, uh, I forget which movie it was, but it was the one where he said if he stuck his head up a cow's butt and he screwed up the joke. Uh, do you remember which movie? Yeah, it's not, it's not Black Sheep. It's Chris Farley, David Spade. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's Tommy, Tommy Boy. Boy. Yeah. It's Tommy Boy. But, but it's like, <laughs> I'm so far in, like I'm so close to it that as smart as I think I might be, <laughs> I have no clue how this is landing on people. I have no clue what is going to connect unless I have a lot of conversations. So we're just trying to have a lot of conversations. This is a conversation, you know, and again, we talked about making people feel differently. If I'm not making you feel like, holy shit, I got to try this, man. <laughs> if I'm not making you feel that way, then I'm failing. And failing is a strong word, but it's essentially, that's what it is. Like, I got to be better at connecting. And that's, that's really the focus. It's not a question of knowledge. I could talk about this for days. It's nice that you are expanding on this thing that's never been expanded on. I mean, it's an easy thing to say, huh, kind of want to try that because it's, it's, it's not just bold claims. It's like bold claims where you could say like, oh, okay, like this is, here's why yeah. this is happening. Oh yeah. We can talk for days about the why, about the made by science. There, there's chops behind this. And again, when it's something's organic and natural, you can feel really good about what you're putting in your body and it's low calorie. Like I'm calorie, you know, look like this is what I'm about. So every every aspect of it has been really designed for the, for the consumer, right? So everything in there is in there for a reason. And, uh, and you know what, everybody's really jazzed about it. it. It is a big solve. And I'm not saying it's a big solve because we're tough and, and this and that we're dead. No, it's a, it's a big solve. Like it's not an easy thing to do. Um, it's been a big, it's been a, I don't know why I've stuck with everything for so long, but, um, 
I finally got into a place where I think uh, I think we're going to make some waves. I kind of think you are too. It's coming in at the perfect time because this is something that people are now paying attention to more. Uh, mental health is huge. Physical health kind of go hand in hand. I feel like this is the kind of thing, like, you know, there's oxygen bars that exist. People will go, they'll just breathe. like flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Would you think that this can get to the point where there are, there's some kind of zero DB or like functional beverage specific bar? Would you ever open up something like yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. You know what? It, it's an interesting concept. We joked about a few ideas like that solely because within about 10 to 15 minutes, you start to feel the initial effects. So some of the compounds actually get absorbed in through this membrane in your the back of your throat and your sinuses, um, essentially in that area. And then you metabolize the rest, right? It gets in your blood. So you actually start feeling it very quickly. So theoretically, it would be something where you give somebody this on the way in, and then everybody's state of mind within 10 to 15 minutes is totally different. Like it would be the most friendly bar in the world. And I used to be a vice president for Bacardi. I'm a mixologist. I know alcohol and these, you know, not that it's anything we're going to market, but they do act as a great mix. One's raspberry citrus. The other one's sour cherry with SIE, both lightly carbonated. So we were kind of joking about, you know, having these sessions, these mixology sessions to really just dial that in. And uh, yeah, it would change the whole vibe of the bar. There definitely wouldn't be any fistfights. Giving, giving a whole new meaning to happy hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you don't have to consume a million drinks. Like you have half a can, it starts kicking in. So it truly would change the vibe of a place. Yeah. That's a super cool idea. I, I think that's the thing that makes it so hard to wrap your head around is there's all these drinks where, you know, I mean, coffee and alcohol are great starts where you know that there's some kind of, um, changes your state of being you get a little yeah. tipsy or drunk you yeah. you know perked up the way you're describing it is enough to make me be like i can't even comprehend a drink that actively will make me more relaxed quiet the noise make some space yeah. as you're saying especially in a world where you know there's a million things on my mind it, it just seems like almost such an alien concept that that's enough yeah. for me to be like okay yeah let's let's see how this goes yeah, hundred percent. People who need it get impacted. That's the feedback we're getting, right? Like we always have to be careful about making these binary statements. I'm not going to make a binary statement. I'm going to say how we design these, you know, three PhDs from the U of T with patented science on measuring these things. All of it was designed for a reason. So that I can say, I can say why we put this together, but I'm not going to make binary statements. It is something that people are going to have to experience, but it's something that's been exciting when you do get that feedback and when you feel it for yourself, it's just, it gets you pretty jazzed. And another funny thing is these cannabinoids, these naturally occurring non-cannabis plants, you know, a lot of these receptors also um, double as analgesic receptors as well. So not only do they dial down anxiety, but they dial down pain in some cases. So we've had people who get headaches saying, saying that their headaches going away. So, you know, there's an overall state of bliss and this is, this is not surprising. Cannabinoids have been around for millions of years. You know, we've evolved with cannabinoid endocannabinoid systems and we produce them endogenously and they bind to over 200 receptors. Like we've evolved with these, 
they're one of the, they theorize that one of the reasons why mammals um, take care of their progeny, take care of their young, is because of the flood of oxytocin and cannabinoids. Um, so it really is, um, it just makes a lot of sense. I love to dial things back to an evolutionary biological perspective, because if you can at least explain it that way, you know, yeah, there's double blind placebo research, but if you can explain it that way, you can say, you know what? Yeah, that makes sense to me. And then when you overlay the science, everything just clicks. It coincides with, I guess, how it seems you landed on ZeroDB as a concept and developed it too. I mean, it's interesting that that's, you know, your, your preferred method of explaining it also is a parallel to its actual conception. Yeah. And, you know, the branding, you look at every functional drink, mat, and it's just a big splash of energy. Like it's, it's, it's in your face. Like we're, we're dialed down. The only thing is the waves. So you see the different waves for each different skew and it's just clean. You know, it's, that's what we are. You know, we don't want to create more noise. So how do you, how does this get to people? Is it, I mean, I'm, you can order it from your site. Sure. But is this, yeah. are you trying to get into retail? Yeah. We're in whole foods. We're in, uh, you know, in Canada. So we're in whole foods. Um, we're going to be in conventional retail. We're in a lot of independence. We sell online. We're going to be launching in the States. Um, again, these are all common plants that are all safe plants. So we can ship this globally. We actually just, uh, got an agreement for for the Middle East um, and Northern Africa. Like that's the beauty with this beverage. Um, it's using the power of common plants, but not common versions of those. Like so, they're very specific, very specific regions, very specific ways they were extracted that create the the actual super extract. But um, but it's something we'll be selling everywhere. Is that part difficult? Actually, finding the ingredients and cultivating them. Oh, that was super hard. Like we, so our, when I say we, um, our PhDs, our our pharma partners, they tested over one hundred different extracts and permutations. So think of this as a big library, a big library of data that says these things do this, and then you have to study all these strains. And you have to map them out and look at the different chemical profiles of all these. And then you have to pair them. And then you start to do trial and error and pair them and, and, and try to get that and try to get that almost like a stereo equalizer, that perfect mix. And that was dictated, the perfect mix was dictated because they had developed a super cannabinoid on the pharma side. So they knew what the perfect compound looked like. So we reverse engineered to kind of match that stereo equalizer with five different plants. And that's where the beauty was. So you can't just pick these five plants and it work. No, you could have the same five plants and have zero activity, you know? So that was hard. And that's why our partners are just, they're just incredible cats. Like they're great. Um, and their science is is second to none, you know, they really know what they're talking about, man. Talk about tedious. That's, I mean, to, it seems like there's, there's no way behind trial and error of finding the right match. Yeah, man. That's yeah. crazy. Actually, the guy who does that, his name is Sam and, and Sam's an interesting guy. He's a PhD in genetics as well. And, uh, yeah, they're just, they're just the coolest cats. Yeah. Sam, Fab and Armin. Those are, those are the three musketeers, man. They're the best.
it's super interesting. It's kind of mind blowing. It's a look at things that existed in a way that's never been created. So what comes next? What comes next is we're looking at creating another. So we have two SKUs right now, SKUs being two versions. So we have the plus energy version and we have the original, right? Um, each one has the, the anxiety and the anxiety modulation plus other extracts, right? We're looking at a creativity one. Um, so that's interesting because there's a lot of different extracts out there that have great science behind them now. So we're looking at kind of evolving this into, into that option. We're also looking at, um, at different form factors, something you could travel with, right? You know, you can't travel with something over 100 mil. So something you could, you know, when you're really in need at the moment and, you know, these drinks are occasions. They're beautiful to drink. You're going to love it. They taste great. So it's an occasion. It's kind of like me doing my French press coffee. It's a chance for me to wind down, take the time to make my coffee. So it's the same thing. Sit down, have your zero dB, right? So we want to create other form factors when people really need something quick. Um, and like I said, I'm doubling down in a big way. Once we get out of COVID, which, you know, don't get me started on that. Once we get out of that, I'd love to do a lot more speaking, um, you know, a lot more education, double down on the curriculum. So we have a, a very busy summer of creating that ecosystem. So I'd love to double down on the value adds for our customers. And then we're going to evolve through innovation and really just drive, um, drive distribution um, for the beverages. So, yeah, there's a lot like COVID has, COVID's been hard to keep your head straight. And um, I find myself just constantly, you know, just trying to make sure I remind myself that it's all going to end soon and we can get back to normal. We're on track. I mean, it, it really did flip things on its head. The beauty is the, I mean, it's been able to look at things and from a new perspective, but uh, at what cost? Yeah. You know, there's always something to learn, right? Yeah. And I'm sure people, I'm sure on a global scale, there hasn't been anything in the past 50 years that have collectively made people feel differently about a lot of things. So it has been a massive shift in how the world sees their individual existence and what's important to them. And hopefully it's highlighted how important uh, family and friends and connection is and slowing life down and taking the time to have a laugh, you know, William Shatner from Star Trek. So, you know, Star Trek. So William Shatner was the original Captain Kirk and he's 90 now. And he was interviewed and he said, uh, the question was, you know, what would you tell your 30 year old self? I think that was the question, something to that effect. And he said, you know what? Nothing matters. You know, he goes, nothing matters in the end. And he said, but I'm glad I didn't know that when I was 30 or I wouldn't have done shit. <laughs> so, so it is an interesting point. Nothing matters in the end, except for, you know, the people you love, the, those laughs, connections, right? All those connections. But at some point you have to believe that something matters or you won't be driven to do anything. So it's kind of this constant, constant tug of war between reminding yourself that don't make a big thing out of this. Like my, again, my girlfriend says, don't make big things out of small things. And it's so true. 
It's so true. Just remind yourself that, you know what, in the end, nothing matters. Um, but try to keep enough of the drive in you to make a difference in the world. Um, however that, however that rubs you. Right. Yeah. Wow. You know, the, I feel like I started this, we, we start, we started this me desperately needing, um, some zero DB. And I feel like now at this point I had like an entire six pack. <laughs> nice. I love it. You know, it's nice when it, you know, works out that way. I like being surprised. So I love being surprised with a great conversation. To be honest, Matt, and I, I won't go off on this too much, but I judge my week as how many impactful conversations did I have. And I have such amazing friends, like truly, truly salt of the earth guys, like deep, deep character. And I must have 30 to 40 hours a week of these conversations like this. I'm very grateful for us having this conversation. It, it, I, I love this conversation. I think it's a great conversation. You seem to be a pretty dialed in cat and, and you seem to be someone who's trying to do things in a, in a way that makes things better. And these are great conversations. Like how can you have anything better than spending two, three hours a day with someone who thinks beyond buying the next toy or making the next million bucks or something like those conversations count. Well, it's, it's a for me, it's a breath of fresh air. A because I'm realizing I didn't have enough of those types of conversations this week. Right? I've been like I've been in it, trying to you know do whatever. But it's nice to find that balance of you know we sit down, we talk about building this cool new thing, but also yeah. there's more to it, and it, it exists for a reason beyond itself. And we get to touch base on you know life. It's hard for me not to dive so into your the the philosophy of um, being an entrepreneur with you because that again, yeah. like that's a, you, you talked to and touch base even a little lightly here and there on things that specifically matter to me because it's, yeah. you know, struggling with, oh, you know, man. stress and trying to make sense of the world and understand that there's more to life than work, but you are passionate, you care about this thing. So finding a way to kind of check yourself. That's everything, brother. Like if you've read any Pema Chodron, she's a Buddhist monk. She's a beautiful woman. Um, she's 80 now. And she writes books essentially all around compassion. She wrote a book, When Things Fall Apart, another book, Welcoming the Unwelcome. And it's exactly the point you just made. The messy points in our life is really the time where you do want to pay attention. Now, again, if your family dies in a plane accident, the day after is not the time for self-reflection, right? You're just surviving. But when you know you're going to survive, when you get to that point where you can walk into the mess and just just pay attention. Just play that narrative in your brain and see how that lands on you. See how you feel. See where your triggers are. You know, when you get angry, okay, whoa, whoa, that was a disproportionately emotional response. Okay, where does that come from? And I started peeling back my onion and I'm 49 and I've realized some things basically in the past two months that I didn't really realize for the first 48 years of my life. And it was the genesis of all these reactions, the pathologies that were created by these seminal moments in my life. And to your point, it really is something that it, it would behoove us. And if we can remember that awareness is everything and everything that happens to us that's interesting is a moment to become more aware. And interesting can be shitty. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be great. This is a, even a, a little bit of callback of something you said uh, way earlier in our conversation, but um, you said 
um, you know, you can't really stop emotions from happening, but, um, you know, now like acknowledging them, not mm -hmm. trying to separate the, uh, the decisions of a, you know, intense emotion, you know, wait until that, that moment passed, then kind of ref mm -hmm. like reflect all that stuff while building ready Yeti going through that. Um, you know, was, uh, we were all like working multiple jobs, trying to like keep it together, figure it out, you know, work out the kinks, whatever needs to be sure. done. I was so stressed and going through, like I was going through it and I made a pact with myself that no matter how great I'm feeling, no matter what happens when I have the time, um, when I actually get weekends back, you know, spare time, whatever, um, I would start going to therapy to kind of work through, yeah, like, yeah. go back and like, make sure even that like, I'm good and like nothing, yeah. like I didn't become like a wildly new person or whatever. And I feel like I, you know, the, the struggle of building was the majority of, of the pain, but at least it was a confirmation that that was a fleeting difficulty. Yeah, yeah. 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 The self self-awareness is hard and you need to like dissolve a lot of the ego to get there, but yeah. it's a, it's like a meditative practice. It's everything. Like I, I, I'm, I've got to a point where I summarize books and I read quite a bit and I send my summaries to friends and I'm pretty OCD with the reading and the organizing with Evernote. It's, it's just a thing I do. And through everything I've read in philosophy, ancient philosophy, modern philosophy, you know, um, Buddhism, all of this, really it gets down to just being more aware, being more aware of where these things come from. So when it happens, when it wells up, you can have that pause because when you're aware of it, you can notice things quicker. And really, isn't that what mindfulness really is? It's about noticing. It's about noticing what's going on. Mindfulness meditation isn't about focusing on one thing and ignoring the world. No, it's about focus and peripheral awareness. And when we know ourselves better, we can make better sense of how we're perceiving the world because life is only perception. I think that was Democritus who said that or something, or Epictetus, one of those guys. I love those. Stoics. I love the Stoics. Um, and it really is about that. So if we can become more aware, if we can spend more time um, just trying to uh, let all the sub-minds in our brain participate in the conversation instead of immediate judgment and anger, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, that's, really, that's really where it is, right? To get to a place of compassion. And it, it's, it's throwing off the chains too, because I mean, it, you know what? Have the intense emotions. If in a moment you catch yourself judging someone, like you, it, you can't stop yourself from feeling a feeling, but understand it. And like, that's, that's fine that like, I got mad at this thing for what, a, you know, at a point, like, you know, just be like, ah, this anger that I'm experiencing, it is me causing my own pain. You grow past to be like, all right, a couple deep breaths, breathing. Yeah. It's amazing how breathing in and of itself can sure. change everything. Well, you heard the doorbell that happened earlier. Oh yeah. So that, that literally says energy plus six, four, seven, eight breaths. So every day at 1045 and 245, I do an energy check. Okay. So where's my energy level and where's my headspace? Is it positive or negative? Am I high or low energy? And then you take six breaths, four breaths in, hold for seven, breathe out for eight. And it's just a nice little calibration, right? Just nice little calibration to reset. And, uh, and if you could remember to do that every time you blow a fuse and yeah, we're going to blow a fuse. <laughs> sure we are. Oh yeah. But it's having the wherewithal to learn something from it. Right. I don't want to do the same shit till I'm dead. 
I want to evolve. Like I want to be able to be, look, nobody respects somebody who flies off the handle every two minutes. You always respect the guy who, despite everything, is just fucking sitting there. And he's like, you can tell he's just processing and he's measured and composed. Those are the guys that really impress you. And there's very few people like that. Um, anyway, I aspire to be more like that. I'm light years away. I, I have to ask because I kind of surrendering to the power of a solid routine is something new to me. I've, I've like almost proudly tried to live in like some chaos or like just go with the flow. Like I, and I, that doesn't work for me. Do you ever get frustrated or worried that you're in that cage of like, oh, it's 245. I got to do my breathing. Or is it like an empowering? No. No. So this is the reframing that will shift everything for you. This is the reframing I believe we all need. There's a certain romanticized view of just going with it. Like you said, just going with the flow, just letting life happen, let the universe take you. But there's also the fact that we only have so much willpower. We only have so much decision-making inertia in a day right? So every decision we make is depleting from our potential for that day. It's just a fact. If you read Thinking Fast and Slow, we have system one, system two brain, right? When the system two gets tired out, you just go with your instinct and you just, let's just get it over with, you know, these innate decisions. So what you want to do is you want to say, okay, in my life, how would I reframe this? I don't need to have variety in my morning. The end in mind for my morning is to start the day on a great note, be in a positive headspace, fuel my body to kick ass. That's my end in mind for the morning. I don't need variety. It could be the same shit every day as long as I'm at a 10 on 10. So that's what I do. I ritualize the morning. I have the same smoothie for the past 12 years, 26 organic ingredients. I've systematized it. I can send you the link and the video for it. Um, you know, I do the same thing pretty much every morning. Like some mornings if I have, you know, um, my, my girlfriend's over, whatever. Um, it, you know, I, I'm not so stuck on this track that I'm going to lose it. You're not afraid to live. No, but I default to this. So I conserve all that energy to apply that towards things where I do want variety. You know, I do want to do things different here and there. I do want to have the ability to make these fun decisions when I can, instead of being depleted. So you got to decide for yourself. You got to triage where don't I need variety? Where do I? And ritualize where you don't and do the work, figure out what works for you. Having a ritual is basically just preventing you from making decisions you don't need to make. I don't want to make decisions in the morning. I don't want to make any. I want to be a robot in the morning go through motions, have these things that I love. I still love them just because you do them every day. doesn't mean you don't love them. Like if you talk to your dad every day, it, it doesn't mean you love him less. Of course you love him. You love doing it. It's great. So, so there's a lot of things you can do like that. So that would be the reframing that I would check out. Done. That helps a lot. I actually, I, yeah, that, that helps a lot. It makes it an easier pill to swallow. And uh, a little yeah. less, it makes, it makes routine a little less scary. Routine can be scary. And it can be, you know, it can feel aseptic. It can feel stagnant. It can feel, you know, oh, I'm just going to do this till I'm dead. But no, you're just releasing a new, a new basin of energy for all these beautiful things you can do. 
it's getting to that point where you can be comfortable enough to uh, surrender to yourself, I guess. Get out of your own way. You know what? Big deal if you do the same thing every day. If it's not consequential, then do it. Um, I would like to be a bit more adventurous. Um, I've always been a bit, you know, a bit scared. And in our Unmasking Your Character course, you know, you get to rate these eight pillars of character and which ones you want to work on. So right now I'm working on being more adventurous and curious. So being curious, so curiosity is one of our eight pillars. Um, and yeah, I do want to be a little less scared to do different things. And the fear from my childhood holds me back. So I have to be more proactive and that's being aware. That course, it's it's the second time you, you referenced it. What, what is that all about? Um, yeah. Um, so I partnered with Andrew Parr. Andrew used to be a professional golfer, had a stroke when he was 24. And that was his point of inflection. And Andrew's a brilliant guy, uh, super, super laid back. He's a movement guy, but our values uh, overlap completely. Like the Venn diagrams of values and character overlap. And, and he approaches it. I approach it from an engineering, life engineering perspective. He approached it from a movement perspective. And what we really anchored on was character's fate. So the course is truly analyzing those eight pillars of character, honesty, integrity, compassion. So I've kicked the tires on what I believe are the most critical eight pillars, you know, through reading a ton of stuff and just, you know, testing on different people. And then we have eight pillars of meaning. And this is the yin and the yang of life, how you show up and where you show up. Those, that's it. And character's how you show up. So if you can, if you can have that conversation with yourself, become more aware Understand your story in terms of character. What does honesty mean to you? What does integrity mean to you? Compassion, generosity. And then if you look at meaning and say, what, 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 what fuels me? Where do I derive meaning? Family, friends, partner, growth, career. Where do I derive meaning in, in my life? And how are they truly important to me? And rank them. And then obviously I take the sexiness out of it. It all becomes quantified. So you can get at least a picture. It's almost like taking this ambiguous blob of nebulous space dust. And now you've given it a bit of a structure. And you know what? It's not a perfect science. But if I can go from a two on 10 to a seven on 10 in clarity of who I am, wow, man, that's a huge win for me. And that's what the course is. We facilitate that conversation. It's the breadcrumbs to get you to that place. And is that its own separate thing or is that part of a... Yeah. So that's part of Quiet the Noise. Me and Andrew kind of were creating that as a separate value proposition, content ecosystem. Um, So yeah. So so the drinks is the product and the curriculum, Unmasking Your Character, is one example of it. We have a bunch of infographics, my book, Find Your Superhumans, part of it. So we approach it from different ways, but I truly do believe the biggest step change in consciousness is character. So that's what I double down on. It's been a conversation of having my <laughs> mind blown over and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We typically go in a lot of directions. Yeah, I'm always into that. <laughs> I never want to, you know, I get uncomfortable plugging products. It's hard. I'm so, yeah. I'm so proud of it, but I would love it to be part of the conversation instead of the conversation. But that's good. Cause then like, you know, you know that it's not like a weird marketing plug. And I, you mentioned yeah. this and I, I never want to do it, but some people it's hard because they don't know how to present it or, you know, you, you have the sure. awareness to know that 
if a thing that you are trying to create, deliver, and you know, support said in the wrong way, it could be taken the wrong way and be abrasive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why I, I try to find like, you know, the whole built on passion thing, you know, it's, it's, it's never just a thing. It's always, a, there's talking about the why and the how is yeah. always the best way to, I feel like people to understand why a thing exists in this case, yeah. ZODB or quiet noise as a system, really sure. any, any of that stuff. So it, it goes beyond, you know, the marketing of a product can be the marketing in its yeah. own thing. And then here's the real. Yeah. Here's the true end in mind. Yeah, exactly. And, and the product is a catalyst. It truly is. Totally. Um, yeah. And it, you know, it's a fine line. It's similar to like this podcast. Like it's really weird to have to, you know, to, to for content specifically, you need to just put it in front of people and then yeah. hope that it gets well received. It's, it's really rare that something really goes viral, takes off like that. And yeah. I feel it's really hard to separate myself from that because I don't like self-promotion either. I find yeah, it, it's I find tough. it it's tacky. I, I find it tacky. I know. It's tough. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, I agree, brother. Like, yeah, I I I can't take a compliment while I I, I get awkward. Uh, yeah, I, I hear you. You know what? I'd rather default to that than than live my life uh, you know, uh, with pure hubris yeah you know? yeah and that's i'm with you like I, i'd rather be on that side of the spectrum yeah yeah modesty is one of our eight pillars by the way what advice would you give someone who wanted to start a business okay so the hardest part for me is knowing when to say when it's super super hard like it's almost like timing the stock market even though that's a kind of a douchey analogy. It kind of is. You never really know. Like it's so hard. And you always hear that people kick out early. Um, I guess, and this might sound a bit cliche, but you can't lose when you lean on what you find important in life. And you've done the work to truly understand what's important in life. Not what you think is important, but done the work. Really dug in, understood yourself and said, you know what? Yeah, this is what I find important. And success for me is obviously not about money. Look, struggling to eat is not successful. But once you take care of those initial needs, really successful for me means in my life, how many days did my soul feel full? How many soulful conversations did I have? Did I maintain my character? Like that truly is success for me. Um, so that's what I would say. I would say figure out what success means to you. And money is a metric. Money's not a goal. So yeah, I, I want 10 million bucks for what? Like, you know, you, you can't bathe in it. So you really got to figure out what gets you jazz? Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Like William Shatner said, nothing matters. So you know what? If nothing's going to matter, at least do something that fucking is remarkable to you, you know, um, where you try to make other people a, a little happier and, you know, you care for people that are important to you. That sounds like the best advice I would give myself in those dark moments. <laughs> and there are a lot of dark moments, trust me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm, def I'm definitely with you there. I I like that. I like it's a good sentiment because it's it's the constant reminder that if you're gonna I guess 
start something if you have an idea if you want to develop it blah blah blah. you know career is great yeah. but there it's it's important to check in and remember that you know there's more to life than i guess building something getting it out there right yeah unless you're building something and getting something out there that's that's what gets you jazzed the most in life you know what i mean you know but yeah i agree with you i, I think that's why i like how you particularly why you put it um, in this way of finding what matters to you yeah, because it leaves that open because there's no way yeah. that it could be everyone. Uh, everyone has the yeah. same thing. It, it, it opens it up for different personalities, different characters to kind of come yeah. in and say whatever. There's no right answer, but, but the one right answer from a subjective relative perspective is the one you find where you strip away all the bullshit. So if you can start doing that work, you know, dude, I have a ton of bullshit to strip away still. And I spend all my time stripping away bullshit. <laughs> Trust me. Um, and like I said, I'm 49. So if you could just start, start doing that, it's going to become clearer and clearer and clearer. And maybe a zero DB is going to give you the space to do it. Yeah. <laughs> what a shameless, what a shameless plug at the end. Yeah, but maybe it will. It, it, it's a shameless plug, but even still for what it's designed, it, <laughs> I'm 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 all for that plug. Honestly, oh, listen, brother. I'm I'm awesome. excited. Um, <laughs> thanks, buddy. Gary, thanks so much for for coming on and chatting. Yeah, it was great. Um, for I guess anyone who wants to find out more about Zero DB or or really just I I don't know any anything we we talked about. Where where should the listener head yeah. to find out more about Zero DB and uh, Quiet the Noise? Yeah. So our website's uh, drinkzerodb.com. Uh, we have some Quiet the Noise URLs as well. Uh, my name's Gary James LeBlanc. There's some information there, but everything funnels you toward the same ecosystem. So uh, Drink Zero DB would be the place to start. Awesome. Check it out. Thanks, Gary, so much. Awesome, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Aid Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.